Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello friends, I hope this finds you well. I'm Chris Rule, I'm a former Royal Marine, now host of the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. And I thought today I would just um, just bring to your attention this awful situation that's, that's occurred in Mozambique. Um, Mozambique's one of my old stomping grounds, as they say. Um, I worked there as a, as a, um, a volunteer development instructor. So an international development instructor, um, just got a couple of pictures I can show you. Where are we there? Yep. So there's me raising the money to go and, uh, study as a development instructor. I went to Norway. So I should explain that's a firewalk, by the way. I, I did a sort of the world's longest firewalk at the time to raise the money so I, so I could um, pay my school fees, became a development instructor, worked in Nampula province, a place called uh, just outside Nicala Porto. I taught street children for six months. Um, Sorry, in case you're wondering, afterwards I, I drove volunteer journalists to India and back so we could write articles on people living in poverty. One of my students, Ali Mamadi, who went on to join the army. Amazing, amazing place. But it's just seen absolute carnage over the years and and as we can see now uh from this article it's still seeing it where are we um so the headline is british sas troops arrive in mozambique to lead hunt for missing british hotel manager not seen since jihadis uh so that's what Islamic holy warriors, or at least in, in, in their minds, overran the town where he worked. I'm just going to pull a few points out, out of this and then, then have a bit of a, a discussion just about what, what this could possibly be about or, or the implications of it. And a maybe talk a little bit about Mozambique itself and the and the um, the history of how 
it's got to <laughs> it's got to be where it is today so the gentleman's name is philip moyer from somerset um if this gentleman is still alive and he has been kidnapped i just my heart goes out to his loved ones and you know the fear this this man must be feeling is is oh just doesn't bear thinking about so he's missing after there was this attack by um what they're calling jihadis it seems a bit unclear who they who either they possibly might be or who who is his behind them um as in whether it's the sort of isis as they've become known or whether it's a local um militia group three members of the ss have been deployed to join the search for him he's not been seen or heard since gunmen ambushed a vehicle last friday dozens of people have been killed in a five-day assault on palmer in mozambique I've been up near Palmer. I think there's a map here. Um, let's just see if I can find it. So I don't know how well you can see that, but um, you've got Maputo at the bottom of the bottom of the map. That's the capital. Um, South Africa to the south, Zimbabwe to the west, Zambia, Malawi, Tanzania to the north, and it's this. Cabo Delgado province in the far north of Mozambique where all this is is um has taken place Pemba funny enough when I worked as a um at that street children's school the workers we all had a holiday up in Pemba um and Palma right on the border with Tanzania is where this attack happened um and it, just off the top of my head i i would imagine the insurgents came over the border from tanzania um just to add some anonymity and and uh and to hide out and also it makes international relations slightly um skewed doesn't it when it comes to possibly rescuing this this gentleman and also putting in military or police efforts to to find this group just back up to the top um so philip is the gentleman there on the left this chap on the right nick alexander um i'd like to i'd like to speak to him he apparently grabbed an ak-47 from a police car and gunned down Two of their attackers um incredibly incredibly brave thing to do but also <laughs> probably the only thing to to do in that moment isn't it um does he look like he's been in the i was just wondering if he'd been in in the military maybe it says now three members of the special air service have joined the search for philip Apparently they were deployed from uh, exercise in Nairobi where they were undergoing, I think, jungle jungle or bush training. Um, 
ISIS have claimed responsibility for the attack, uh, which I don't know how, how you feel, friends, but sometimes these things aren't worth the paper they're printed on, are they? Or the, the screen they're digitalized on. Anyone can claim responsibility for attack. Anybody could say that this group is, you know, I'm not trying to be um, uh, disrespectful here or divisive, friends. I'm just, it's, you know, we've got to keep our eyes up that history is written by the winners. The media is owned by the winners. <laughs> um, the narrative that you're fed isn't always the truth, is it? I think a lot of us are, are coming to realise that. Um, the officers were deployed to the country on Monday to help look for Philip Moyer, uh, who's not been heard of since he attempted to flee the town of Palmer. He was a contractor. Um, apparently, a load of vehicles attempted to leave the town. I guess they would, they would just would have headed south. Half of them had to turn back because they were um, ambushed. I think some escaped, and of course there was a, a massacre in 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 the middle. In the middle, um, worked for a firm, a Dubai Dubai-based firm that provides living quarters and other logistics for expatriate workers. Um, I want to talk about more, more about the outside influence in, in Mozambique. So yeah, de deployed from bush warfare training in Nairobi. Um, yeah, former police officer, that chap there. Nick Alexander, if anybody knows Nick, if you, you could put us in contact, I'd really appreciate that. Although um, where in the world he is and what, what mental state he must be in the moment. Again, got it. God help him, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, boat, a, a flotilla of boats was launched akin to Dun a Dunkirk-like rescue as people sailed to, to, was it Pemba, to try to rescue the, the, the um, people fleeing the scene. Um, there's talk of bodies in morgues. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many, if we can call them Westerners or outsiders, were killed, but at least one. Um, Amarula Lodge was considered an oasis of safety by the expatriate workers who were staying in the region. A well-guarded compound, this is something you, you'll, you'll find in such places, that was deemed secure from attack. Yeah, I guess it depends who's securing it, isn't it? If it's former British Special Forces as your security guards, you're kind of onto a good wicket. If it's local Mozambicans, which are incredibly cheap to hire, the moment they see 50 insurgents coming down the street, it's like that. <laughs> Run! Um, yes. So, 
sorry, folks, for, I, I haven't rehearsed this. I just got sent this and I thought I'd make comment on it. I've also seen this stuff on Facebook about it in the moment in some of the military veterans groups. Uh, Palm is six miles away from Africa's biggest gas project. Another hint, kind of red flag there, isn't it? As to as, as to the possible uh, reasons behind this. Um, talking over here, Mozambique, a majority Christian country. Mm, not really. I think the, the Christians might like to think that. It's a majority... Uh, whatever witchcraft is <laughs> that's that's um just like the most of uh, sub-saharan africa controlled by by spirits voodoo witchcraft whatever you want to call it that's that comes first second to that from the missionaries over the years you yes of course you have christianity it is big in mozambique but equally so is islam so you can be walking through uh you know, the jungle in Mozambique, as a Westerner, you take your shirt off as us us, uh, us guys do. Someone will come up to you, excuse me, mister, could you put your shirt on? This is an Islamic, Islamic area. And uh, when you come from a place like the UK, that's... It, it, <laughs> It's not nice to be told to do what to do at the best of times, is it? But over, a, you know, what essentially is a book, it, 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 it's a bit sort of a bit sort of grating. But, you know, when in Rome, you've got to respect the Romans, I suppose. A religious movement, Ansar al-Sunnah, first appeared in 2015. So this is a country again I'll, I'll come on to this it's it's just seen so much conflict it's riddled with landmines if you're in a vehicle and you, and you need to stop for a pee you 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 go behind the vehicle and you pee in the road because you can't go off the road because of all the landmines um it's awful formed formed by the followers of radical kenyan cleric Abu Rogo Mohammed, who has been linked to the 1998 US Embassy bombings. After the narrative we've been fed for the last 20 years, it, you, you, you literally cannot believe anything you read in the media. I, I know some of you are probably going, what, really? But I also know um, many of us have woken up to this, haven't we? I'm sure they'd like that. They always seem to link these persons to something that happened in in the USA. Um, right, so they're a group of disaffected young men who resented a lack of opportunities in an area of rich natural resources. Um, in 2017, they started launching attacks became known as al-Shabaab or they're not although they've got no connections to the Somalian jihadist rebels of the same name um, stuff here about posting the photos on the message boards and I think they mentioned here these groups are using telegram as a means of communication um, 
In an official ISIS news bulletin in June last year, leaders taunted the West and African nations for failing to stop the insurgency in Mozambique. So, I think um, Al-Shabaab is part of ISIS formal structure and the jihadi group in the Congo allegedly helps fund its Mozambique counterparts. Right, I'm going to stop there, friends, not, not out of disrespect or anything or not out of go veering away from this official narrative, but it kind of all comes, boils down to the same drivers behind this conflict as, as, as probably most others. Power. Power, inequality. Um, I talked about how Mozambique has experienced this just catastrophic devastation over the years. So after the Second World War, when the um, England said to its colonies in Africa, um, come and fight for us, you know, you'll be on an equal par with the, with the, with the uh, British rather, the British soldiers, you know, when you return to Africa, you're going to have your equal rights. You know, you'll no longer be sort of in, in servitude or sub subordinates. Is that the right word? So you had a, a big um, manpower resource from Africa that went north to fight in the Second World War. And then when they returned, did they return to, you know, a big house like, like you have in Europe and a, and a car and, and all the and uh, equal pay and all that? Of course they didn't. They returned to the exact same, um, what we would call poverty, as they left before the war. So, in essentially, have been sold a lie. A chap called, uh, was it Kwame Nkuma, who lived in what was then the Gold Coast, rallied these former veterans and they marched on their, um, they marched on Parliament um, and they demanded their equal rights and off the back of this movement started something called the pan-african movement and this um i'm going to use the word rebellion although that that doesn't sound quite accurate does it but this uprising then spread throughout africa and one by one the countries fell into civil war particularly uh, i think it was algeria Algeria was colonised by the French, was it not? Again, folks, feel free to um, oh, feel free to uh, add something in the comments if 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 I'm getting something wrong or if you've got something to contribute. Obviously, all I ask is that you're 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 respectful. Um, Algeria, I think France really did not want to give up its colonies and that saw particularly bloody battles that that went on um i think this i think it went on way way past the 60s into the 70s you had ian smith down there who was um uh was it rhodesia wasn't it he was the prime minister of rhodesia so a, a white african and he said, listen, if we just give the colonies back, it's going to be bloodshed. 
It's going to be handing back to people who don't really know what they're doing. Uh, I don't think he was denying history and denying the, the um, horrific atrocities that happened in places like the Congo, where King Leopold of Belgium just had a bloody ruthless regime. Uh, anybody that stood up to him just had their arms, you know, chopped off. Um, <coughs> modern day slavery in the rubber plantations, all this kind of thing really, really wasn't very nice. And, and um, even, you know, bearing that in mind and bearing in mind all, all, all the sort of apartheid that regimes that were going on, Ian Smith recognised that just handing back the colonies to local Africans, it, it, it needed some sort of transfer, right? So, of course, what did we see in Rhodesia? We saw Mugabe step in and then have uh, nothing more, nothing less than a dictatorship, wasn't it? Until he, he sort of got old enough to um, have to move on. Um, what you see very much is this nepotism going on, this this country that's probably got the most natural resources in the world uh, being just system, system, systematically destroyed, the money the, the money from this world either going abroad or going to these crony rulers, but but not going to the people who are dying of their malaria and their dysentery and the, the cholera and, and all this sort of thing, not to mention living in, in starvation and poverty. But Ian Smith said, now nah, this has got to be gentle. Um, two particularly bloody conflicts, hence, hence why what we're talking about today was Angola and Mozambique. The Portuguese had made a really nice life for themselves the portuguese colonialists they lived in absolute splendor um if you go to mozambique now you see all the old palatial houses and they they were just spectacular they had boulevards you know considering this that this was bush country they created boulevards like back in europe with, with palm trees all down the middle it was it was splendid um and of course, what happened when civil war hit uh, Mozambique and Angola was you had a massive conflict. Um, I think the, again, feel free to correct me, but I think the, I think Russia was funding the rebels. Um, certainly, I think they've been involved in, in, in the latter civil war. The Portuguese, really realising they had to leave, were so bitter and angry that they just trashed the place. They poured concrete down all the drains, just out of spite for, for, um, for the locals. And some of them braved it and stayed. Some of them went, no, I'm not Portuguese. I, I was born in Africa. I'm staying. And you, you still see them there today. And they're, it, it, it's, it's an eye-opener to see a European and when you engage with them they've got all the the African mannerisms or in this case Mozambican mannerisms and they're just completely um, 
integrated with the locals and accepted it's it's incredible you see a lot of locals with green eyes again from this crossover over the years um yeah so they 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 obviously finally won their civil war and then they entered uh years uh, sorry they won the colonial war then they entered years of civil war was it renamo and frilimo i believe it was fighting each other hiding out in the jungle again massive atrocities again more landmines everywhere and so when i worked in Mozambique just after the war it's just littered with landmines there's no toilets anywhere so everybody basically has to you know do their business in a bush so pretty much everywhere you go there's just this this smell everywhere at least it was and of course this is a country with massive natural resources this is it's never going to be good is it what's what's caught if, if we want to understand conflicts like this and all these uprising there's 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 a lot of factors you've got to rise above the mainstream media and learn one is your history real history not not the history written by hollywood written by the winners you've got to learn about the financial system which is just inherently evil it's it it has enslaved the whole planet and it it's it's paid very scant attention to, you know, where in this article, for example, does it say that this is all a byproduct of ignoring this, this system that's kept us in, um, enslaved for, for the last 8,000 years. Uh, what else? You've got to understand that this, these uprisings and this rebellion and this insurgency and this this displacement is creating is adding to the refugee crisis where are the refugees going to go well some will uh, i'm guessing try to enter south africa some will go to neighboring countries um, many will come north and this is why when you you travel the world and you you go through such places as, as uh, Turkey, for example, um, or, or, or even France, you see these camps on the on the checkpoint on the border points, and you just see hundreds of, of, of young men trying to come, for example, into the United Kingdom for this this better life. Now, many of them are genuinely escaping conflict. But of course, many, are, are, they just want a better life for themselves. People say, well, it's all young fighting men of fighting age. And, and I think I can explain this. Having worked with asylum seekers, if you get granted asylum in a foreign country, so say the United Kingdom, under the rules of asylum the internationally agreed sort of treaty you then have the right to bring your family with you so first you get asylum in the country you get something called right to remain then you hit up the the red cross and say hey i've got right to remain in the uk could i please bring my family from mozambique you know from iraq from afghanistan from syria and they have to comply 
Okay, that's, this is why you see fighting age males. It's not necessary that they want to come and fight, although, you know, it is kind of leaving a back, back, a back door open, isn't it? Um, but that's the reason why. And of course, how does it suit the uh, the elites that 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 let's just say try to control everything? Well, it benefits them massively because all this mass influx of immigrants into Europe is destroying our identity as white Europeans. And I'm not saying that from a racist perspective, obviously, having lived, worked and travelled in, I think, change this number every time, don't I? But it's, it's about 85 countries across all seven continents. You know, you don't walk on fire to raise thousands of pounds so you can go and study to become a volunteer. I, I didn't get paid the whole time I worked for this organisation. Um, to go and try and help underprivileged uh, children down there. And, you know, you don't do that if you're a racist, do you? It's not about racism. It's about the fact that if you can destroy uh, individuals' identity in their communities, then they have no community. And if you have no community, you have no community action when these these sick individuals that, that, that uh, benefit from this want to instigate, um, let's just say, harsh control measures, right? So maybe, for example, locking people in their houses. Is this, is this starting to, like, ring bells? Because it really should be. Um, we're at a critical point in history, and fortunately, people are waking up en masse to this, what I call a gender, right? So that's another reason behind it. This is why when you hear names like ISIS banded around, you also hear, um, you know, you've also got to say, where, where are they getting their funding? Who funds them? Who would benefit off this chaos, right? So I think I've said enough. So the SES, why are they involved? Could be several reasons. I wrote a few notes down. Um... Obviously, three SAS men are not, well, I was going to say they're probably not going to launch an attack, are they, on, the, on these rebels? But if you look at Chris, oh, can I say Chris? I'm not going to give the gentleman's surname, but I think it's public knowledge now. If you look what he did, was it in Kenya where he went into the shopping centre? Uh armed with an armor light and a, and a pistol and he rescued many many um hostages incidentally i've been trying to get in contact with this gentleman so if you know him could you ask him to come on my podcast because that is a story i think we, we you know what a brave man that's a story i think we would all like to hear but yeah three sas men are, are it's obviously not going to put in a troop attack are they um so I, I scribbled down, could be there as observers, could be there for a show of a show of force. So public display, the British are sending in their SAS. It, it, let's be honest, it's in the media for a reason, isn't it? If they really wanted to send the SNA, they're not going to be putting it on. What's this? Daily Mail. <laughs> it's, does, you know, 
special UKSF doesn't work like that. Um, it might be to gather local knowledge or it might be because they've got local knowledge. Um, could be to win political brownie points, couldn't it? We will help you, Mozambique, with sending our special forces. Oh, by the way, that trade deal that we're doing, you've got to remember, folks, these countries have massive fish resources, right? Just, just one thing, the fish. You've got abundant oceans, gold mines, precious metal mines, minerals, um, uh, vegetables and fruit, precious wood, so ebony. Um, is there such a thing as precious wood? But you, you get what I'm saying. You know, there are a lot of ebony plantations in, 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 these, um, in these countries. It's massive, um, massive wealth there. And when, when all this decolonization took place, do you think that all this wealth went back to the Africans? Or do you think actually all the outside countries, so the US, Europe, Japan, what, whoever, whoever it might be, doesn't really matter. South Africa. Do you think they all went, yeah, have it all back, or do you think that they left our man in Mozambique still there to to run the corporation and and and, t and continue to take this wealth out? So there's another point there, isn't it? Is any of this global um, strife, bombs, bullets, and gut? Is it ever going to stop while there's inequality? You know. This isn't a dig at capitalism or anything. It's just, it's the facts, isn't it? It's the, it's why you've got these, the, the Somalian pirates. They're seeing these big oil tankers come through their waters and they're living on a bowl of porridge a day, right? I'm not advocate. I'm not, I'm not commenting on you using violence here, but I'm, I'm just trying to, point out the obvious and I'm, I'm i'm sure you've already worked that out for yourself um and of course the ss could be guiding locals couldn't they they could be giving their um they could be acting as consultants and saying right this is what you need to do doing a pointy hands things right so i've said enough uh i'll just finish by saying i i uh it it guts me when i think what this poor man must be going through or has gone through i i i um i genuinely my heart goes out to him and his family and i i hope the best for him to nick alexander please get in touch um what you did is nothing less than than, than brave and um yeah Thanks for watching, friends. I'll see you next time. Hello, friend. I hope this finds you well. My name's Chris Thrall. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, and I fought my way back from chronic trauma and addiction to live, work, and travel in 80 countries across all seven continents, achieving all of my dreams and goals along the way. Now, I pass my simple system on to other people, but I can only help you if you like and subscribe. So please do so because you get one life, and if you live it right, one is enough.